You're listening to the Auxiliary Gate Podcast, Kentucky's weekly horse racing podcast. And now, here are your hosts, CC Broadus. Well, I'm on Honor AP, of course. Alan Schneider. I'm on Tizzlaw. And Brandon Jaggers. I, I can't get down. I, I can't put the top three. It's too hard. You know, I like to spread in races like this. Bonjour et bienvenue to the Auxiliary Gate podcast. I'm your host, C.C. Broadus, and I'm joined by Alan Schneider. Alan, can you speak French? Uh, oui, oui. I can speak German, uh, but uh, my wife handles the French. I, I, I don't speak French very well, no. <laughs> bien, bien. So, Brandon Jaggers is on assignment this week. He'll join us again next week. Uh, first of all, unless you've been hiding under a rock for the past week, you know that Authentic won the Kentucky Derby over the weekend. Uh, going wire to wire, this is the first Derby winner since War Emblem in 2002 to lead every call. Uh, we didn't uh, we didn't do so hot on this year's Kentucky Derby. We were all over it. Of course, uh, the heavy favorite Tis the Law ran second. Alan, uh, what's your initial thoughts on on Derby 146? Uh, the, the top two, well. I was going to say the top two ran well, but really the top four ran well. You've got to give a lot of credit to John Velasquez. That was a great ride. I don't think Tiz Law did anything to disgrace himself. I just think he, as we surmise, may have gotten stuck chasing home a, chasing home a speed horse. And nobody better on the front end than Johnny V. And the horse did not break that well either as far as uh, authentic goes. But once he pushed the gas pedal, it was hard to catch him, and he ran – a fantastic race. Uh, I think you know, if you watch the replays, uh, I was not as high on Honor AP as you were, but Honor AP ran one heck of a race as well to finish fourth. Uh, I thought the I thought the top four represented themselves fairly well. Um, uh, it was a little weird action in the winner's circle afterwards, but uh, makes for a good story in the Derby later. Right. Uh, let's go through the top four here real quick. I, I want to go look at uh, Thurgrass Figs. For these horses, uh, Jerry Brown released uh, his uh, his recap of the the weekend's figures, and I thought it was interesting. Authentic only paired up his win in the Haskell, according really? to to Thurgraf's figures. Uh, so he ran a, a one half in in the Haskell Invitational, where he looked like he was life and death to hang on. He comes back and he runs a one quarter, just a a notch below his race at uh, Haskell. So he, he only improved incrementally off of that, uh, off that big effort, uh, going to looking at Tiz the law. He ran a negative one, negative quarter, negative one quarter, in the Travers, and then came back to run a zero in the Derby. So he's basically, he's paired up essentially. Uh, the, the surprise was Mr. Big news who previously had run a three as a top, and that was back at Oaklawn in the Oaklawn Stakes uh, back in March, and he ran a one-half. So a big major move forward for Mr. Big News, and and that got him into the trifecta. And then, of course, Honor AP was fourth, 
and he essentially paired up as well with the with the wide trip. Even though he was beating several lengths, he was beating about five lengths, but uh, he lost a lot of ground on both turns in a in a strange trip. He he broke slowly and then I mean, he just settled near the back of the pack. I was expecting him to be five or six lengths same here off, off the pace, and I didn't did not believe he would be last. And had I known that ahead of time, I probably wouldn't have picked him because uh, lately all the Kentucky Derbies are dominated by by front running types. It seems so. Uh, outside of that, any disappointments in the race to you? Well, you know, I won't say it's a disappointment, but New York traffic, um, Paco Lopez, they they had their stamp on this race a little bit. Um, not that I thought the horse would win. I the horse veered into honor AP out of the gate. I think that's part of his part of uh, why he broke so so poorly and then if, if you look closely it seemed like Paco was trying to uh, ease uh, Tis Law out of the back stretch a little bit it's just very gentle very gentle kind of forced him a little bit wide so even though New York traffic did not run that well I thought he may have made an impression on the race as far as disappointments uh, not really it, it, I don't think it was it was fairly formful I thought for a race uh, I think he got a little credit for Mr. Big News running so well uh, but outside of that, disappointments. No, I mean, it'd be nice to see Tiz Law get the win. I think a lot of people would rather see Barkley tag win than Bob Baffert. But except the people who bought, who backed uh, Authentic, they should probably don't feel that way. But I thought overall it was, it was fairly formful. How about you? Did, did Tiz the Law lose anything in defeat? I don't think so. I think that was a scenario that a lot of people saw. I, looking back, I wish I had uh, superfected the race because – Chasing home the speed horse, it's uh, it was a distinct possibility that that could happen. Um, losing anything? I don't think so. I, th- I think he put in a really good effort. Yeah, I don't think so either. It's a nice horse. I, I do, speed figure-wise, I would like to see this horse, from a thoroughgraph perspective, I would like to see this horse take a step forward. Yeah, I, I think see that. He, he's, he's run basically the same numbers ever since January, which are fast. But uh, for this horse to get into the next stratosphere, he's got to uh, he's got to take a step forward, in my opinion. Now the good news is, all of these horses look like they're going to come back in the Preakness, along with some new shooters, as they as we like to say in the in the biz, uh, horses like uh, Art Collector and Happy Saver and Pneumatic, uh, maybe Cheryl Spite, Finnick the Fierce, King Guillermo. All these horses are going to come back, hopefully, in the Preakness and face uh, the top three, uh, Authentic, Tis the Law, Mr. Big News. Also probably be joined by Dr. Post. I mean, this 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 could be the uh, the derby we wanted uh, yeah. in a month at, at uh, Pimlico. Uh, I just watched Happy Saver win the Federico Tezio stakes over the weekend, and, you know, he's he's just a solid horse. I think he, he fits uh, nicely with these. I, I'll, I'll be interested to see uh, – how he fares versus this bunch. Any thoughts on the Preakness? Well, you just touched on Happy. They're going to, Happy Saber could factor uh, big time in that race. That's for sure. And I think we all, after watching this race, really did lament the fact that Art Collector did not get to run. I think he could have had uh, a big time impact. He, he, like we all thought that he could have won the race. And against hindsight, 2020, Art Collector with his running style and his talent, Definitely could have been a factor on Derby Day. That said, he's going to be a heck of a factor on Preakness Day. And I just wonder if the as good a field as that is, as it's shaping up to be, 
you do wonder with no triple crown line, and now we're getting in the heart of football season, college football season, NFL is going to be kicking off. I, it, you do worry that the Preakness may get lost a little bit in the shuffle uh, in this new October setting. So we'll see. I'm sure they, the, the hardcore race fans will be watching, but I hope it does not get lost too much. It's definitely going to be a great race. Unfortunately, there's, there's nothing going to be on the line this year. Yeah. No triple crown or anything like that. But but I hear your fan club in the background. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, – Looking back at our collector real quick, uh, from a third graph perspective, all he had to do was pair up to factor in this race. And it's really, you know, well, to be honest with you, it sucks. Because, yeah, you're absolutely right. He could have won the Derby. And uh, that would have been awesome for, for Brian Hernandez and, and Tom Drury. But they'll get their chance in the Preakness. And uh, uh, one last note, uh, Bob Baffert, of course, that was his sixth Kentucky Derby victory. He matches Ben Jones. Who, uh, who who also has won six. Uh, Bob Baffert has never lost a Preakness with one of his Derby winners. So, uh, interesting. He'll he'll take uh, a lot of the money, and I'm not sure he'll be the favorite, though. So, it, it's going to be a great betting race. Uh, let, let's take a look at the Kentucky Oaks real quick. This was uh, won by an upsetter in She Dares the Devil for Brad Cox. Brad Cox wins his second Kentucky Oaks. First time was with Monomoy Girl. And let's go look at the uh, the third graph figs for the Oaks. And she dares the devil stepped up big time. Her her previous top was a three, and she got into negative territory. She ran a, a negative one, which is it, it took every bit of that to win the Oaks over a Swiss skydiver in the highly touted Gamine. What are your thoughts initially on the Oaks? You know, what I thought about the Oaks was who deserves a lot of credit for winning that race. Is Florent Giroux. I thought Florent Giroux won the race um, for She Dares. She Dares Devil, obviously, the horse did what um, she needed to do. But when they broke from the gate, I think Florent got the trip that a lot of guys wanted, sitting right off of Gamine, waiting for her to stop, and pinning Tyler Gaffleon and Swiss Skydiver on the rail. Uh, stayed right on the flank of Gamine, never really let Swiss Skydiver get out. Uh, and then he uh, Swiss Skydiver eventually did down the stretch, had to go wide to do so. But by that time, Florent Giroux and She Dares the Devil had just far too much left and could not run her down. I, I, I really believe Florent Giroux ran, ran in perfect race there. Yeah, Gamine was, the I guess, a, a major disappointment. She faded the third. Now, I don't think it's any disgrace losing to the top two fillies, but it, to me it was a bit of a surprise. I mean, she she basically had the run of her run of the race. Uh, I mean, they didn't go that fast early. No. And, you know, I, I thought this filly was a monster going into the race. I still, still think up to a mile she's a monster. I, uh, you know, I she ran two turns back in uh, – back in April at Oaklawn uh, with no problem, but uh, she found the nine furlongs of the Oaks uh, too much. I guess the major disappointment for me was speech. I agree. Uh, speech, she, speech. Yeah, I agree. She regressed off her, her big effort at Keeneland. Uh, you know, she might have had a little trouble. I think she was in tight going in the first turn, but you know, outside of that, there's no excuses there. So uh, these Phillies will go on. I don't, I don't know the major objectives from now on for the rest of these Phillies, uh, I would, I would expect she dares the devil might come back. I don't know if she'll run. I don't even know if they're going to run the cotillion this year. 
at parks. That'd be a, a one objective, and then on to the distaff. But uh, uh, these gals have got uh, they got to do a lot to uh, to get out of the shadow of Monomoy Girl, who was very impressive in winning the La Inn on Friday. Uh, and you know this this filly just she keeps on winning. That's all she does is win. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. Has anybody beaten her? I know. Midnight Basu beat her at Parks on a DQ. Before that, I don't know. Uh, she didn't. She lose her career debut. I think. She might have lost her career debut, but that's but, it. I mean, she's but just since been, then. Yeah. That's what they, I think they put her at four to five in the morning line on Saturday. That was a joke. That was a, that that horse is. Um, there's nothing but triple digit brisnet figs from since her debut, and. Won at every distance, won the Breeders' Cup uh, distaff, the, the Kentucky Oaks. And in that race in particular, I think she did open at one to nine. I think she made one off one to five. I might be wrong about that. But Florent Giroux was sitting in fourth on the turn for home by about three or four lengths off the pace. And he was already looking over his shoulder, looking underneath the shoulder. You know, that confident move a jock makes. He wasn't even on the lead yet. There's still, I don't know, three eighths of a mile left to run. And he's already uh, looking behind him just to make sure he's clear. That was a fantastic effort, and it's they're going to be hard-pressed to beat her this year. Yeah, the only thing I would say against her, maybe she had a perfect trip. I mean, had two two fillies yes. take off in front of her, and, and the race basically set up for her. Uh, and then after that, there wasn't much behind her. We'll see what Midnight Basu has to offer uh, later in the year. But I, I would expect Monomoy Girl maybe to show up in the Spinster at Keeneland. Mm-hmm. And if not that, they just may go straight to the Breeders' Cup weather, which... Uh, well, I, I will say one thing about Monomoy Girl so far this year. I mean, she's been nothing short of dazzling, but I will say she has not beaten much so far this year. Those three wins she has, um, she got vexatious once. There was not much in this race, to be honest with you. And there was basically an allowance, uh, a slightly cool allowance field that she won back in uh, Churchill. So she's yet to beat some top females, but she'll get the opportunity for the years over. Absolutely. So let's just look at the the whole weekend. Uh, anything outside of the Derby and the Oaks that's, that sticks out to you? I want to ask you one question. Did you think the rail was not the place to be? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It it took me a, a little while to decipher that, but you to me, you could see the jocks were trying to stay off of the rail by especially early Saturday afternoon. I remember this uh, first or second or second race maybe. I think Wilkes had a, a rail horse in there that was looked to be kind of live, but uh, I can't remember the name of the horse. And he, he trailed by about seven, eight lengths early on, but I think it was Brian Hernandez took him off the rail immediately uh, to the four or five path out of the gate when he didn't really have to. I think the jocks were making a concerted effort to stay off the rail. I think it, it eased up a bit as the day went on, but yeah, I, I thought the rail was dead. Uh, how about you? Yeah, I, I, well, looking at uh, Jerry Brown's third graph figures, he did not give out the de- dead rail designation that I've seen so far. Now, I haven't looked at the turf races yet, but uh, his opinion is that, that that it was not dead, I guess you could say. Uh, but like, I'm like, yeah, I think it was better to come from the, come from the outside lanes. Uh, yeah. But uh, I tell you, I want to talk about essential quality for Brad Amen. Fox. Yeah, this horse... Uh, broke his maiden in first start. This is a son of Tappet out of an elusive quality mare. And this horse was uh, highly touted uh, going into the day. And, man, he looked every bit of it. He won by, by four lengths. And I think we're going to see him probably next in the Breeders' Charity at Keeneland. 
or maybe he'll they'll ship him to Belmont and run the Champagne in a mile. Uh, man, this horse, he was just climbing over horses coming into the stretch, and finally he got out and just he burst away from a pretty good field, I thought. Uh, yeah, so this horse is. Uh, you might run to Vegas and get some get some money down on him for next year's Derby. This is a this is a horse to watch for sure. Yeah, hats off. To, I think it was Sean Bridgman that had the mount. Hats off to him for restraining the horse and being patient as he possibly could, doing everything he could to wait for an opening. Because man, that horse wanted to run down the stretch and finally got clearance and it was over. But uh, I, Sean Bridgman was doing everything he could not to keep that horse from running up the backs of other horses. And the, for me, the last thing I want to talk about is the uh, Derby City Distaff that was won by Bells the One in a photo over Serengeti Empress. I want to give my uh, tip of the cap to Serengeti Empress. I mean, she went 21-43 and still kept running. And this is all in the heels of a big effort at Saratoga. Yeah. Uh, this, this filly, she's she's tough as nails. She she carries her racetrack anywhere. And, and it was pretty cool. We had uh, three Oaks winners run over the weekend with She Dares the Devil and, Sarah, and Serengeti Empress and Monomoy Girl. So uh, from from a, just a pure racing fan standpoint, it was a great weekend. From a betting standpoint, it, it, for me, it was highs and lows, and it ended on a low on, on the Derby itself. But uh, what, what were your closing thoughts on, on Derby weekend? Well, I'm going to give you a little props there. You're saying highs and lows. Uh, CC did real well at times over the weekend. Don't even fool you, folks. And he did have a low on Derby Day in that uh, I'll go ahead and tell folks he had a pretty sizable trifecta wheel where he keyed authentic and uh, Tislaw first and second and put virtually every horse in the race for third with the exception of, I think it was winning impression and Mr. Big news. He left Mr. Big news out. And, and uh, I think I left out not South Bend, but uh, well, there's another, another, there was three horses. I didn't Necker use Island, maybe or it was like Necker that. Island was the other yeah. one. So, that was a very, very sizable try. Those exotics in the Derby were fantastic. I still uh, not kicking myself for not finding the right combination because they were uh, very generous considering the, the the combinations. And CC did miss on that. So, but he had lots more highs, folks. Trust me. The uh, uh, the uh, uh, you might ask, well, he picked Honor AP. Well, I did pick Honor AP, but I had some doubles and some pick threes going into the derby that I, w- I would have been well taken care of if honor ap won so i was just looking for maybe like a backup and uh yeah that's where i settled I, I and boy that was a big mistake i should have went hit the all button in third and i don't know what yeah. i was thinking i typed the wager out on my phone and the only way i can come up with is why i kicked those horses out is i expected to lose and so if i expect to lose fair enough fair then enough I, then i want to save as much money as i can which is dumb yeah, right. the whole idea. I mean, I thought I could win. That's why I bet. That's why I place wagers. I think I could win, and yeah. you know, I, I, that's the only thing I can come up with. It's it's like a mental block with me over the years, just picking out horses that that you want to be in there. That's the horses you want to be in there. You want your fifty to one shots in your trifectas if you thought they had a chance. But uh, I digress. It was a uh, Derby weekend's great. It's it's frustrating at times, but uh, I look forward to it. I look forward to Breeders' Cup weekend too because. You lay out a lot of cash, do a lot of homework. It's fun. So It's fun. It is. Indeed. Indeed, sir. Indeed. Okay. The racing action does not stop, even though Derby Weekend has passed us. It's now time for Kentucky Downs. And as we're recording this, they're already on day three of their short five-day week, uh, five-day meet. Saturday is a huge card. A bunch of stakes races highlighted by the Kentucky Turf Cup. 
Uh, first of all, Alan, have you ever been to Kentucky Downs? You know what? Believe it or not, usually because the college football season is going, I have not been able to make it to Kentucky Downs, although I absolutely love the place. I've been there in the off season, And this was going to be the year to do it. And, of course, no fans. And I think the place is fantastic. The racing is fantastic. The, the wagering, uh, it's very formful. The, the payouts are huge. The takeout is low. I'm a big fan of Kentucky Downs. And this was going to be the year that I went once, maybe twice. And, um, you know, COVID has really done a job on a lot of things, including this. Yeah, it's it's a spectacular experience to me. The only thing, I mean, I do have a few complaints about it. I, there's there's not a lot of infrastructure there as far as seating and whatnot and sight lines. Uh, they do have a, a, a decent-sized jumbotron in the infield. I mean, it's not that big. you got to – it's it's not like Churchill Downs is by any stretch, but it still it helps. Uh, but uh, you know it's 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 cool. You can bring your lawn chair and set it out there next to the rail and 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 take everything in. Uh, it's 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 quite an experience. If you ever get a chance to go, it's worth it. I like to go down there on the when they run the Saturday and Sunday cards and 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 spend the night at a hotel down there somewhere and and then come back the next day. I think it's a uh, it's fun, but it's. Uh, like you said, it's uh, when 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 the racing is formful. That's when the uh, that's when I love Kentucky Downs the most. There's a lot of times where I just uh, sometimes are just train wrecks for me. But this year's I've done all right so far. So I've just got two more days to finish off here. But we want to talk about this nice card for sure. It is a is it eleven race card, and that's interesting because uh, it's, most racetracks won't card eleven turf races in one month. Seems yeah. like. But Kentucky Downs is going to run about 50 all in the all in the time of a week. So uh, we appreciate that. I want to start out with race four. This is a maiden special weight. It's a mile on turf. And the favorite is dubious, to say the least. It's number six, one fast orb. I'm not a fan of this horse in this spot. I think it's a – Me either. <laughs> yeah, this is, a, this is a chance to beat the favorite if this is the way it goes. But uh, – First off, I want to go toward the rail. The number one Scarabia for Jack Sisterson and KM at Farm. Farm, and you know, if you know anything about KM at Farm, uh, the owner is from that region. So you're going to see a lot of KM at Farm horses in these races, uh, and Scarabia is one of them. This is a daughter of American Pharaoh out of a Galileo mare. So this uh, this breeding slants to turf, uh, but she made her debut on the dirt, going a mile. And she finished third behind a nice filly named Olivia of the Desert for Kim McPeak. And she she was wide coming into the stretch, and she she kept on grinding and grinding and grinding. I think this filly might have a little bit of a talent. Uh, and she she gets to go a mile on the grass this time and gets Adam Basquitza, who's a noted grass rider. I think this filly is going to be live at 6-1. to one. I don't think you're going to get 6-1. to one. Uh, But she's going to be my A. I might single her in some type of wager, a pick three or a pick four. Uh, would give a nod to the seven-horse magic solution for Mike Maker and Ken Sarah Ramsey. This uh, filly broke slowly in her debut. Uh, she was beaten by a really nice filly named Navratilova for Rusty Arnold in her debut. But she, this filly, Magic Solution, got a mile back early, and she, you know, she made up ground late. Uh, the the racing form says that the tra- the ground was firm i don't think it was firm that day the, the time was really slow 106 and three i don't think i thought there was a little give in the ground so she may not have appreciated that might have stymied her run a little bit so i think you know you would do well to, to maybe just uh, use these two fillies scarabia 
a magic solution in the fourth at Kentucky Downs. Uh, let's go to race number six. This is a maiden special weight for two-year-olds going a mile on turf. Again, this is the counterpart to the race I just went over. And, Alan, I think you like a horse in race six. Well, I like I like uh, a few in here. Uh, there's one I like the most. There's some interesting pedigrees in here for the turf. And, you know, you got to keep in mind, sometimes these trainers will give a horse a race at Ellis or, or Churchill or wherever with the idea of getting that pot at Kentucky Downs on a maiden race. But uh, I'm going to lean to the morning line favorite, Private Island. You know, I mentioned the horse last time. Brian Hernandez in Wilkes. This horse, again, is a half to Thatcher Street, a horse I'm very fond of, who is a really, really tough mile, mile and 16th turf horse here in Kentucky, won numerous high-end allowance races and uh, stakes races. So this horse closed well against a nice-looking uh, nice, uh, horse named Nathan Detroit first time out at the, one t- at, at, at the mile. Gets a mile again today, has a couple of bullet works coming into this. I expect Private Island to be tough to, to beat in here, but I got to give a, a little bit of a nod to the other Ian Wilkes horse in here. Probably not as talented as, as uh, Private Island, but Incitatus, in, in a son of Aronicus out of the damn Winnikins. This horse is a half to gentle ruler who has won numerous stakes races at uh, marathon distance for uh, Ian Wilkes. So, and I believe at Kentucky Downs as well, too. So I'd keep an eye on this one. And I got to mention Thing. I love the name Thing on number three. This horse is uh, out of a dam named Halloween Party, uh, who's the mother of Morticia, the very, very good turf sprinter. Didn't show anything in her debut, but uh, Morticia is a stakes winner at Kentucky Downs and a million-dollar earner. And, again, this horse is by Frosted on top of it, too. So I'm going to go private island, but I'm going to keep an eye on uh, Intitatis and Thing uh, for pedigree plays. Yeah, let's talk about Thing real quick. Let's talk about that pedigree. This, these are the named foals for uh, for Halloween Party, the Dam of Thing. Uh, the the oldest foal, 14, that was uh, Morticia. 15 foal by Artie Schiller was named Vamp. The 16 foal was named Macabre. The 17 foal by Liam's Map was named Uncle Fester. Mm-hmm. And now we're at the, the two-year-old by Frosted is Thing. So, yeah, I'm, you got to root for this horse. Heck yeah. Yeah, no doubt about that. Let's go to race seven. This is the kickoff of the late pick five. It's a 14% takeout late pick five. This is the Kentucky Downs ladies turf, a grade three. It's a half a million dollars for the older Philly and Mare sprinters. And the favorite is shipping in from New York. This is Regal Glory. Actually, the, the Philly's been working at Churchill lately, but this is for Chad Brown, ridden by Jose Ortiz. This horse is going to take a lot of beating. Who, how did you see it? Yeah, I was going back and forth on who to take on the wind end because I think it's it comes down to Regal Glory, Secret Message, and maybe even Tap It Today. So any of those winning would not would not surprise me. You know, I'm supposed to pick somebody here, so I guess I'm going to give a, a slight edge to Secret Message. I think this might be the right spot for this type of horse. I don't think it's as classy as Regal Glory, but... Graham Motion and John Velasquez are both doing pretty well down there, and John Velasquez is, uh, just won the Kentucky Derby. So uh, I'm going to give him this one a little bit of a nod uh, over Regal Glory and tap it today, but I would I would maybe really consider Princess Causeway uh, into the exotics. Not as classy as these horses, 
This horse is two for two at Kentucky Downs, loves the turf down there. And anytime, if, if you follow Kentucky Downs at all, you know horses that have proven form at Kentucky Downs usually run big there. And it's partially because, they like number one, they like the surface, but the owners and the trainers, the connections, know they like it, so they point their horses for it and get the, to, for those big pots. So give me a secret message over Regal Glory, but I'm going to use Princess Causeway in the, uh, in the exotics. I absolutely agree with you. Yeah, if I, I think there's places to single later on the card. So if you if you can manage to use three or four here, I think I think you're on to the right three. I also would maybe consider English Affair, who woke up. Yeah, I've used this filly time and time again, and and she finally woke up to win the the preview version of this race at Ellis Park. That that was on a, a really weird course, but this is for Kmet Farm again. So you know they're going to try to have a runner in every race. But uh, let's move on to race eight. This is a kickoff of the late pick four, another low takeout pick four. Uh, the Kentucky Downs Lady Sprint, another grade three race. I said this wrong. Uh, the, the seventh race was actually at a mile on grass. I think I said sprinters earlier. But anyway, the eighth race is the Lady Sprint, the six and a half furlongs on the turf. And the favorite, and this is uh, this is interesting. This is number eight. Got Stormy two to one on the morning line for Mark Cassie and Tyler Gaffleyon. This filly is one of, probably last year was one of the best milers in the country, uh, male or female. And she's had a bit of a rough year. She did finish second last time in the four star Dave going a mile. That's a grade one at Saratoga. But she cuts back to six and a half furlongs here. I, she's the best filly in the race as far as resume, but can we beat her? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try. Uh, God Stormy did wake up last time, but you do wonder in that race where she just kind of like tracked the very talented holiday around the track and maybe kind of just, just followed that one around. And there was like three or four Chad Brown horses in there that did not fire that day. So, you know, I, I'm all for maybe taking a, a chance against the horse. Mark Cassie has not been doing that well for a while now. It's an interesting spot to me. Maybe they're just trying to get a, a big paycheck. Um, that said, I'm on Kamari. Uh, it's, she's a, th- she's a three-year-old, but West let me, Newport, uh, let me interrupt you right there because I, I think I saw on Twitter today, Kamari is going to scratch way. and going to go on Sunday in a stakes race. So Kamari looks like she's, she's going to be out of this race, which stinks. Cause this is the one I was going to use too. So go, um, all right, go ahead. Sorry about that. Well, well, all of a sudden, that throws everything out of whack. Well, you'll probably know where I'll go then. <laughs> the hell with it. Give me change of control, Michelle Lavelle. <laughs> well, yeah, I've got her as an A. There, there's several in here I want to use. Uh, uh, I like uh, a little bit. I don't know if she can win or not, but she's definitely going to be on my take as number three winning envelope. Yes, yes. For Chris Block and Lothenbach Stables. This Philly, uh, she's had a pretty decent year. She's finished uh, on the board three or five starts and won one of those, but... Uh, she always comes running. So this is the type of filly. If you can get the winner in this race, you can figure out who's going to win. Like we always talked about in the past, we call this the shallow play, the horse that comes running to get to pick up the pieces at big odds. And I think uh, winning envelope uh, fits that bill for sure. Uh, I would also, like you said, I would use change of control. And, and the number seven, Kariba, uh, you got to use Got Stormy. Uh, she might she might enjoy. I think turnbacks probably do well at Kentucky Downs. Yeah, uh, you have to use her now. With Kamari out, yeah, all of a sudden that horse moves up. Uh, number nine, Intimistic. 
uh, off a big race at Ellis Park last time, the 10 Jakarta. I think this is a definite spread race. I'm going to use probably several, maybe five or six in here and uh, hope for a price. Uh, anything else you want to add to that? No, you're probably right. That The, the scratch of Kamari, if Kamari does indeed scratch, which apparently she is, that does kind of throw things out of whack a little bit. But, of course, I'm going to have change of control on there. Uh, that's just the way I play. Uh, but I, I will say you mentioned Endemistic, and even though that was an Ellis Park uh, stakes race last time, that that was a that was a really good effort. I would not toss that horse out by any stretch of imagination. They'll have to beat gets the God Stormy now that Kamari's out. But uh, I'm with you. A, a spread would not be a bad way to go. But I might lean a little bit on change of control and Endemistic. And I, I just briefly glanced at that race on uh, Sunday. That that Kamari race on sunday is it's not for the faint of heart i mean she she she's probably the best filly in there that that race came up pretty tough too so be a fun sunday card for sure race nine is the kentucky downs juvenile turf sprint this is six and a half furlongs for two-year-olds with a half a million dollar pot which is just amazing in this day and age for an ungraded race to to get that type of money thrown at it the favorite on the morning line is number nine out of door a son of outwork Cost $290,000 at the Keeneland September sale for Wesley Ward. Uh, Erad Ortiz Jr. will take the mount. And this horse is one for one. He won his debut at Saratoga going five and a half. Uh, he'll be challenged on the outside by a stable mate, number 10, Fauci. <coughs> and that horse will be ridden by Tyler Gaffleone. Uh, this horse had an experience edge on Outdoor. Fauci's run three times. Outdoor's only run once. What say you about the Kentucky Juvenile Turf Sprint? Whew, I tell you what, I, uh, if you've been watching Kentucky Downs at all, you know Wesley Ward is rolling, and uh, he usually does down here. He and Mike Maker uh, roll at Kentucky Downs. They point for the meat. They like getting those big, fat paychecks, and Wesley Ward is, um, is, is really in the zone right now. So, to me, it's the, his two horses and the Steve Asmussen private purchase of county final. This horse does intrigue me because this horse ran a big second of Steve Asmussen's highly touted Casadoro at Churchill back in June. And then all of a sudden, Steve Asmussen ends up with a horse. So uh, someone there at West Point must have liked what they saw, purchased to give it to Asmussen to see what he could do with it. Um, I think this horse has some talent. I'm torn between this one and the two wards. Of course, that's not much of a stretch. I think I'm going to give the slightest of leans the county final and maybe play the Ward horses underneath in the exacta, but I hate picking against Wesley Ward because the guy's on fire, but I'm, I'm going to try county final. Yeah, for me, I'm going to I'm gonna lean toward the Wesley Ward pair on the outside as A's. We'll talk about Fauci real quick. Uh, he was second in the Skidmore Stakes, going five and a half at Saratoga. He was beaten by Golden Powell. Golden Powell, if he's going to be the favorite for every race he runs in for a while, as long as it's under six furlongs. This this Horses really, uh, really fast. Think uh, Out of Door and Fauci are the are the two to beat. Out of Door was scratched out of the opening day uh, juvenile turf at a mile, and and they pointed him to this spot. So uh, I think uh, those two are promising. I, I want to take a little bit of a look at number six, Bodenheimer. Horse is fast, six and a half, maybe a little bit out of his realm, but this horse turned some heads when he broke his maiden at Canterbury in his first start. Uh, trained by Valerie Lund. The sire is Attaboy Roy. If you remember back, Attaboy Roy won maybe the Churchill Downs Handicap 
maybe around 2013. That sounds uh, right. With Calvin Burrell aboard, it was on a sloppy track. This horse went wire to wire. So looks like he's passed on some of that speed to to this colt. But uh, you know he he's going to get out on the lead and try to wing it as far as he can. I think the horse has some talent. But for me, the uh, the Ward pair is uh, I'm, most of the tickets, as as they like to say, most of the tickets will feature the nine and the ten, Outdoor and Fauci. So let's turn the page. One more to, thing. One more thing, real quick. Yes, sir. Uh, with a race like that, where you could have the race fall apart a little bit, I'll be using Perfect Mistake with Rafael Bejarano launching from the back to maybe get the Superfecta too. So I kind of like that one to maybe uh, flesh out a, a big exotic somewhere on the bottom of that ticket. The uh, that horse has some grass pedigree with Stravinsky on yeah, the bottom. Exactly. The grand, the the, the dam is by Stravinsky, so yeah, that horse has a has a license to improve on the grass. So let's talk about uh, race ten. This is the the centerpiece of the the short meet is the Calumet Farm Kentucky Turf Cup. It's a million dollars, grade three. And, I mean, this basically features all the top horses in, in the Midwest that can do anything at a mile and a half on the grass. And the favorite, and the heavy favorite, will be number 10, Zulu Alpha, for Mike Maker, ridden by Tyler Gaffneon. Uh, if, you, if you made a list of the top three or four distance grass horses in the country zulu alpha will probably be on that list uh he's going to be the favorite and after that there's a lot of you know average horses outside of the number five arclo arclo won this race in the past he's never been worse than second in kentucky downs uh, in my opinion this is the only horse that can beat zulu alpha if zulu alpha stubs his toe for some reason Arclo might be the one. He comes off of a, uh, a, a subpar fourth-place finish in the United Nations at Monmouth, which was really odd because that was six days after another subpar effort at uh, Keeneland in the Elkhorn Stakes. So i uh, not sure what, uh, what the, the thinking or the thought process was behind that. But uh, for me, it's uh, Zulu Alpha is an A, Arclo is a B, and, you know, everything else is a C. What do, how do you see this? You know, you, you touched on it. Uh, Zulu Alpha won it was the Elkhorn, I believe, and laid up. They laid her up because Mike Maker uh, loves to win this race. He loves to win these uh, big stakes races at Kentucky Down. So he's like, all right, we're going to stop on the horse pointer, point him for um, the Kentucky Turf Cup, which he won last year, I believe. Uh, it, the race goes through Zulu Alpha to me. Um, I'm going to take a little different approach by, uh, behind the horse. Arclo is a puzzle right now. I mean, you have to have Arclo on your tickets, but uh, you might be able to make some money uh, beating him in that two or three spot in the Superfecta. And with that in mind, I might look to uh, postulation. Julian Lepre, the horse uh, just barely got nipped by Zulu Alpha, but the horse has speed. Anytime you're going to ride a ground, as far as they're going to run today at a mile and a half, it's good to have a speed horse. So, I would look at postulation. Red Knight for Bill Mott could really factor uh, underneath in the Superfecta. And I'm going to throw Hierarchy in there as well, too, because I thought this horse was absolutely rolling at a mile and a quarter last time at Ellis Park. I don't, don't think the horse is good enough to beat these, but I think the horse is getting the super. So let me uh, take Zulu Alpha and the three I just mentioned, Postulation, Hierarchy, and Red Knight. Okay, let's so, take a look at the finale. This is the Run Happy Turf Sprint. The finale on a tremendous Saturday card. 
This is a six furlong dash, $700,000 purse. It's a grade three. This features, you know, some of the best sprinters nationwide. The tepid favorite is number four, Totally Boss for Rusty Arnold, ridden by Florence Giroux. This horse was last seen finishing second to his stablemate Leinster in the Shakertown Stakes at Keeneland. This horse won this race last year. Yeah, he's earned over almost $700,000 in career earnings. He is definitely one of the ones. How do you see the Run Happy Turf Sprint? Oh, permission to pick two horses on the win end. Am I allowed to do that? You do whatever you want. It's your money. <laughs> I like Totally Boss here. Uh, the horse, I had played the horse last, and that horse was flying last time. Lost a tough photo of Brian Hernandez. They put Florent Giroux back on the horse, and Florent Giroux rules Kentucky Downs as well. Florent won on this horse last year in this race, and if you'll notice, uh, Florent gets the horse closer to the pace. I think that might be what they want. Uh, so I like Totally Boston here, but I also like a horse I was high on last year who, who ran a big race out here uh, last fall, Stubbins. Stubbins was my uh, selection in the Breeders' Cup turf sprint ran fourth but was again absolutely flying late uh horse might have been too close to pace up, up at uh, belmont against the very good alexandra um I, I could see joel rosario sitting back with this one trying to make one late run so i personally have a hard time splitting stubbins and totally boss so i'll play both of them on the win that i know it's kind of a, a lame selection but can't help it. i like both those horses yeah i don't blame you a bit i, I think this this could be a really, really entertaining race. Uh, totally boss would be my top pick. I think this horse, I think he's just a really nice horse. And I think he's well-managed by Rusty. I think this horse is really going to, like I said, Florence really rides well at Kentucky Downs. I, th- I expect a top effort from that horse. Uh, you got to use number 12 bound for nowhere from the Wesley Ward stable. Another horse that likes Kentucky Downs. He won a one mile turf uh, stakes last, mm-hmm. was, it, was it last year or the year before? He won the Tours mile. It was two years ago. Two years ago. So, yeah, and and you know he's really picking his spots with this horse, and I think uh, I think the horse is ready to fire his best shot. Those are my A's. Uh, as far as B's go, I think your horse Stubbins definitely fits that bill. I think he'll be coming late. Uh, also, I like uh, number six Kanthaka, who just broke my heart in the Jiper Stakes on Belmont Stakes Day. I had he had the lead late, and he was nailed on the wire by Alexandra, and I had him in my pick four at sixteen to one. And that that really that really hurt my feelings. And then of course on the outside number nine, Imprimus, uh, from the Joe Orsino stable, ridden by Rad Ortiz. Uh, this horse, you know, was considered one of the top turf sprinters in the country last year. He went to uh, Royal Ascot. The the wheels fell off a little bit, but now he, he got back on the beam with a a nice win at Saratoga in the Troy Stakes. I think uh, you know he might he might be okay here too. So. Uh, that wraps up the card. Let's talk about this real quick. And in summation, give me your best bet in the late pick five sequence. Ooh. And then give me your second best bet. Because uh, I, I got a feeling I know who your best bet's going to be. Probably yeah. Zulu Alpha. Uh, Alpha would be my best bet. But at the same time, I, I do worry that postulation could get loose. But Zulu Alpha would be my best bet. And second best bet, let me take another look at these. If, Bear with me, bear with me. Um, I, I, can I go co-A? <laughs> I'll go yeah. co-A in the last race with Stubbins and Totally Boss. Yeah, I, I mean, I, 
I think uh, Zulu Alpha is your your surest bet. It, might, it won't be a, a great bet from a wagering perspective because he'll be four to five, three to five, something like that probably. Uh, as far as a horse that I feel comfortable is going to fire a good shot, he may not necessarily win because the race is so tough. But I like Totally Boss. I think this horse yeah. is going to come flying late. And you know, just if you want to bet the horse across the board, if he's going to be four to one or whatever, you know, if if like play a ladder, you know, play. 10 to win, 20 to place, 40 to show, or something like that on that Couldn't horse. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Because I, I, you know, I feel like he's going to fire a shot here. So yeah, that's all for now. Uh, it, it's a, a great Saturday card. I always look forward to Kentucky Downs. Hate it that it's only five days. I wish, uh, wish the racing commission would let them run a little bit more. But uh, that's the hand we're 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 dealt. Uh, anything else you want to add before we uh, before we sign off for this week? Yeah, how did money moves go off at thirteen to one in the Derby? I I still haven't figured that out, but that's just me. I have no idea. There's all, there's one every year. There's a my yes. boy Jack or a, uh, I can't remember the name. There was a California horse that that took a million dollars on the last click a few years ago. He ran up the track. It seemed like there's something like that every year. But uh, yeah, money moves is uh, that that horse has a bright future in my opinion. But I agree. It was probably a little bit too soon for for this horse. Uh, there's too much to 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 chew on but uh and we'll see him another day for sure but uh uh anything else no that'll do it i just wanted to get that in i forgot to mention it earlier but i'm sure i'm not the only one who wondered that that is all for now we'll see you next weekend we'll probably cover uh some churchill downs i think they've got one more week uh or maybe one or two more weeks i'm not two sure more how weeks, that, i think two, two more weeks. weeks yeah that's right two more weeks i don't think they have any big big racing next weekend but uh it'll definitely be competitive that's for sure so that's all for now and I'm going to sign off. This is CC Broadus on behalf of Alan Schneider. We're very, very grateful that you joined us, and we'll see you soon. And until next time, remember the gambling money ain't got no home.